before I start, I'm going to do a quick, quick word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this morning and that we have the opportunity to sit together, to stand together, to praise you. I pray that um, my words would be yours this morning, that they wouldn't be mine, um, that you would influence me with, through your Holy Spirit, Jesus. Um, to you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, I know Pastor Matt usually starts with a joke before he starts, but I'm going to leave the bad jokes to the master. <laughs> Um, but seriously, I want to thank Pastor Matt for giving me the opportunity to speak to all of you this morning and what a blessing it is to speak in front of my home church. Um, so for those of you who don't know me or my family, my name is Rachel. I recently graduated from UW-Milwaukee with a Bachelor in Architecture, um, and I will be joining Chi Alpha Ministries as a full-time missionary. So I have a slide with my family, for those of you who don't know them. Um, they're sitting right up front, so I have my three siblings and my parents in, and my grandparents pictured in this. Um, they are wonderful people, and if you don't know them, you should get to know them, because um, you will grow to love them, maybe as much as I do. Um, and they have been given me a wonderful foundation throughout my life to serving Jesus, my faith in Jesus, and what I know about him, and set me up on a good path as I left for college. Now on this next slide, I have my fiance, Daniel. Um, so we met at church in Milwaukee, and he went to school at Marquette, which is another school in Milwaukee, um, majoring in journalism and I in architecture. So we got our degrees, but we both got the call to leave our set career paths to join Chi Alpha as full-time missionaries. Um, so, <laughs> but what is Chi Alpha? We've said this a couple times. For those of you who don't know, Chi Alpha, again, is a campus ministry. Um, so we live and breathe with college students, um, and we are based on 2 Corinthians 5.20, which is a verse in the Bible that sends us out as the church as Christ's ambassadors. So CA, Christ's ambassadors, Chi Alpha. Um, so what we do, what we believe, we believe that Jesus has called us to be like him and to show others how to be like him too. So in a sense, making disciples, we want to make disciples who then make their own disciples of Jesus. And so how do we do this? We love small groups. I'm sure you guys, some of you are plugged into small groups here, um, but we love meeting together on a weekly basis, being able to pour into each other's lives um, and point each other to Jesus as a tight-knit community. We also strongly believe in discipleship. So meeting with staff members, student leaders, in order to read the Bible, see what it says and how it applies to our everyday life and becoming more and more like Jesus. And we also heavily believe in leadership. Leadership being our students are not just being poured into by us, the staff, but we want to empower them to do the same and to do that for other students. So as Chi Alpha, we have to do that for other students. Four pillars um, are to empower the investment you as a church and as parents have put into your kids to put them on the right path, to teach them about Jesus. And as they come to college, we want to be there to support them and continue pointing them to Jesus and empower them as they go off into the real world. Our next pillar is that we want to reach the lost. Many who come to our college campuses, as you can assume, don't know the hope and love of Jesus as we do, and we want to share that with them, and again, empowering them to do the same for others. We also want to reach our future leaders. So as we all know and we can see, our college students will be our future businessmen and women, our teachers, our lawyers, and our doctors, people who will change the world, and how wonderful would it be if our next world changers would be Christians, people who love Jesus and in their workplace can be lights for Jesus there. So this is what Chi Alpha is. 
Um, clearly, <laughs> being in full-time missionary has little to do with architecture school. I went to school to be an architect. I wanted to be an architect since I was a kid. Um, this was my dream. I wanted, I knew that this is, this is how I'm going to serve God. I want to give people what they so badly need. I wasn't really interested in building skyscrapers or making mansions. While those are cool, my dream was low-income housing. I loved the idea of it. And so when I was getting to college, I was thrilled to finally start pursuing and get on the road to accomplish this dream of being an architect. But of course, when I had it all planned out and I was ready to go, and when God told me to leave architecture to do ministry, I was like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm already serving you. I'm already wanting to do architecture. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but as time went on, and as I lived in college and I was with college people, I began to see the need and began to see God's heart for college students. So many people in college are looking for something more. Whether they know it or not, they're looking for Jesus. They're looking for people to point them to Jesus and looking for people to love them, a place where they can belong. And as time went on, God softened my heart. While my dream of being an architect and providing homes for people was a good dream, it paled in comparison to the dream that God had for the students on our college campuses that so badly need Jesus. And so I began to catch the vision. I saw the need of college students, and I now am jumping in. I'm going for it. We're going to reach college students for Jesus. Our campuses will be reconciled to Christ. As a freshman in my first week in college, because I've talked a lot about the need on campus, and I <laughs> was an example of it. I had needs being on campus as a freshman. I loved Jesus, but I didn't really know what I was looking for. I was looking for something. But at the time, what I didn't know was that I really needed people who would love me and point me into the direction of Jesus. So my freshman year, my, so welcome week, so those of you who don't know what welcome week is, it's the first week where all the, all the freshman majority move into college, and the campus puts on all sorts of events so that, because we're all moving to a new place, no one knows anyone, everyone's trying to make friends, everyone's trying to look for some place to belong. And I was not excluded from that, I was looking for a place to belong. And so I found myself at a Chi Alpha barbecue, it was the first Friday, first Friday night party of Chi Alpha of that year, um, and I was having a great time. I was trying to get to know people and kind of like, can I make some friends? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. And so I was having fun. There even, I distinctly remember, this is the main memory I have, um, was students trying to bake cookies over a bonfire using a spatula. <laughs> That's what college ministry is. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but so I was, you know, trying to make some friends trying to connect with people when I got a text from my roommate. So that my roommate at the time, I didn't know her very well. We'd only been in person together for a couple days. Um, but she, I got a text from her that night saying, hey, my boyfriend's coming over. Don't come back to the dorm. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Where am I supposed to go? I don't know anyone. Like, what am, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm in a new city. I don't have a place to stay. I don't know many people. Who can I even ask to stay anywhere? So I was in this moment of panic. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to do? And so Catherine, one of our Chi Alpha Milwaukee directors, heard that I didn't have a place to stay for the night. And she offered me to stay at her place. And I was like, in your house? With your family and your children and your stuff? You don't know me. Like, I'm some random 18-year-old 
Like, sure, I may know Jesus, but I could steal your stuff. Not that I was planning to. <laughs> but, like, she didn't know me. And in that moment, I was so astonished at the love that immediately she was willing to open up her home and her family to me, someone who needed it. And in that moment, Jesus was Christ's ambassador, or Catherine was Christ's ambassador to me. Catherine represented Jesus to me. Christ wants a place to meet. Christ wants me to belong. But in that moment, Jesus incarnate wasn't standing in the backyard being like, oh, come to heaven. Um, In that moment, (laughs) I needed a house to be in. (laughs) I needed a place to stay. And that's what Catherine saw, and that's what Catherine did. Jesus, Catherine loved me like Jesus would. And so, as I moved along, this, this small act started this journey of the way I discovered a God that not only wanted to be known by me, so me learning and me getting closer to him, but a God that wanted to walk with me through life. Someone who didn't just want to see me at the finish line, but one that would be with me every step of the way. Even in the little things, even in being, where am I gonna stay tonight? I was a freshman seeking community and found it in Jesus and through Chi Alpha. However, I know I'm not the only college student and wasn't the only college student that's just looking for a place to stay, be loved, and belong. My first week of college, I was kicked out of my dorm and I had no place to stay. And I think we've all been there at some point. Even if we weren't a literal college freshman, we've all felt like we were alone with no place to go and walking aimlessly home. There's a passage in the Bible written by Luke that mentions two people in a very similar situation. And before we dive in, I'd love to give some background and context. In the Gospel of Luke, we see a retelling of the life and ministry of Jesus. The Jews at the time were waiting anxiously for the Messiah, as someone that they, would believe, they believed would save them from the Romans who ruled over them at the time. However, three days prior to the story we're about to read, Jesus had been arrested and executed by the authorities. Many are heartbroken and confused. In chapter 24, we hop into the story of two followers of Jesus that are on a walk and trying to figure out what's going on. So in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they had talked and discussed these things together, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning and didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. So let's stop here for a moment, and I'm gonna repeat something they said, but we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. These followers of Jesus felt the way we all have sometimes. We have all found 
Finally, they must have said, we have found the one that is gonna save us from the Romans. This was the very savior they had waited so long for, someone who would finally save them from the pain of being ruled and oppressed by other humans. When it seemed that Jesus had not come to free them from the Romans, they felt sad, confused, and dejected. Hopping back into the scripture, starting in verse 25, this is Jesus' response. He said to them, how foolish you are, how slow, to, how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. So Jesus took time, he heard their doubts, and took time to explain to them. He went all the way back to what we know as the Old Testament, and to them the scriptures, and explained everything to bring them the truth of who the Messiah was. But you could read this and ask Jesus if you already knew the answer and probably the question, why would you even ask? Just, you could have just appeared at the place they were going to, appeared at their place in Emmaus, and been like, hey, it's me. It's Jesus and I'm alive. Yay. (laughs) In that moment, however, Jesus knew that what they needed was someone to walk with them not just meet them at their destination, but to go with them in their sadness and confusion, to hear them out and to patiently and graciously give them the truth. The truth of the scriptures, the truth about who the Messiah is supposed to be and who he is. Jesus' followers at the time hoped that Jesus would be the one to free them from the Romans, and they were half right. Jesus did not come to save them from the Romans, but he did come to save them. He came to save us. He came to walk himself with humanity, and he came to walk with you. He came to walk with you. He doesn't want to meet you at the end of the line, but be with you as you go through life. This is the important part, and I don't want you to miss this. This this is the gospel, a God that would come himself to walk with us and to save us. There is nothing in the world God wants more than to be with you and walk with you through your life. He wants to hear what you're struggling with. He wants to be with you whether you are happy, sad, or confused. And he wants to take your burdens and he wants to love and take care of you. What does it look like when we let Jesus walk with us? I'm not gonna lie to you. Our problems won't just disappear. Even after Jesus rose again, the Romans still ruled over the Jews. Jesus came to do something bigger than to just get rid of our problems, but to offer us life forever with him. This is the truth that the followers of Jesus would soon discover, and this is the truth for us today. So what now? Jumping back into scripture, in verse 28 it reads, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over, so he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us when he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up at once and returned to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. 
So there are three things that I want to repeat that was said in the scripture here. Were not our hearts burning within us when he talked? They got up at once and returned to Jerusalem. Then the two of them told what had happened on the way. When we recognize it's Jesus that's walking with us, when we realize the truth about who he is and how he loves us, what do we do? Stay at the house in Emmaus. We're spending the night, Jerusalem, seven, out, seven miles away. It's way too late. We'll do it tomorrow. Well, like, disciples aren't going anywhere. We're going to rest. No, that's not what happened. <laughs> they immediately got up, no matter how late it was, and they trekked the seven miles to Jerusalem to share what they had found. When we realize the truth about who Jesus is and how he loves us, we have to share it with other people. We have to be a church that walks with others as Jesus did for us. As Christ's ambassadors, we must be Jesus for those who don't know they need him yet. We must walk with others as Jesus walks with us. What does it look like when we walk with others like Jesus walks with us? Well, as Christ's ambassadors, the more ambassadors we represent and the more we represent Jesus in the world that doesn't know him, our world slowly looks a little more like Jesus. In Chi Alpha, we have a phrase that says, love finds a need and meets it. This is a simple way, and I'd encourage you all to continue doing, a simple way that we can be like Jesus and walk with others. Our students have beautifully captured what it means to recognize what Jesus has done in their, in their lives and to do the same for others. So there was a student who in a small group was there, they're all ministering to each other, they're reading the Bible, they're laughing together, and she realizes, wait, I'm in school and I know other people. I can tell them about Jesus. I can tell my friends, I can go to my classes and I can tell them about Jesus just like we're doing here. There was an international student that didn't have money for food and so two students went out and bought them groceries. There was a student in need of a home because of a housing situation and his small group took him into their house for months and they became roommates. There was a, there was a Muslim student that is slowly being introduced to the real Jesus, a Jesus he does not know, because of friendship with our students who love Jesus and walk with Jesus. A student, once an atheist, being told the real stories of Jesus, being connected with people who love him, and being taught the truth through Chi Alpha of God's word, has received Christ as savior and is doing the same for others. And there are so many more stories, and I'm sure stories in all of your lives. But to zoom out, what does this look like when we act like Jesus, when we walk with others as Jesus walks with us, what does it look like? We build a community where people can come and be loved and be vulnerable as they are. We treat people like Jesus would treat them. What a dream that would be. And one of my favorite pieces, people who don't yet believe in Jesus stick around our students because of the way they're living and how they love. Because our students are walking with others like Jesus does to us, People who don't know Jesus are receiving Jesus, whether they know it or not. This isn't just about being a good friend. This is about introducing people to Jesus through our actions. Jesus himself came to walk with us. How wonderful would it be if we brought people to walk with Jesus alongside us? I personally love bragging about Green Bay first. I love that people get to see Jesus through your service. Whether that be free meals or groceries, 
the clothing closet or the way that our children in our community are deeply loved by our people. This is what the church should be, but it does not have to stay in this building and does not have to stay in this church. This is my call to you. How can we love others as Jesus did? Who in your life needs to, you to represent Jesus in their life and needs you to walk aside them? What would it look like if we all did this? That our schools and workplaces would become places where people could meet Jesus just by meeting and being with us. Maybe if you're sitting here, you need that reminder. You need to remember that you are Christ's ambassadors and you are capable of loving others like Jesus has loved you. But maybe you're sitting here and the message you need to hear is that God loves you and wants more than anything in the world to walk with you through life. God sent Jesus to be human and walk among us so that you could be with him forever. If this is new to you and you wanna see what life with Jesus and walking alongside him looks like, we as a church want to help you. We have people that want to pray with you to help you on this journey to start walking with Jesus. Reach out to someone here, reach out to each other and let each other walk alongside you. And as a church, let's be ready and willing to walk with others. Wherever you are, whether it's the reminder that you are Christ's ambassadors and you can love, or you need the reminder that you are loved by God and that he wants to be with you, I want to pray over us. Lord, we thank you for your truth and the truth of your word, that you are with us and you walk beside us. Lord, I pray wherever our people are, Lord, that our church would look to you as an example, that we would follow your example of generous and incredible love as we love other people, that we represent others. We represent you to others who need you. And Lord, help us to accept your love. Let your love fill our hearts, Lord, that we would remember that you walk alongside us and we don't do this alone. In Jesus' name, amen.